morning, how are we doing? A lot of red out there today. A lot of red. All right, we got some red, some red in the house. Okay, there you go. So we've got like, uh, got a few Cardinal fans here. Any Cardinal fans here? Got a few. Okay, there you go. All right. All right, Carolina fans, we got some of those? All right, we got a couple. Okay, all right, there you go. All right, not too hostile on people this morning. That's good to know. There you go. Yeah, yeah, anyway, good stuff. I feel like you're so far back today, and uh, I don't know what that is. Um, I would love for you to, like, come up here. Uh, I could come out there, but that, I don't know if you want to do that or not, but uh, anyway. Hey, why don't you guys come, that would really be great. If you guys wanted to, you don't have to, again, you stay where you are, but I'd love it if you came up front. Yeah. You never know what's going to get thrown at you if you move up front. You might get treats and surprises and good stuff. You never, oranges could be coming your way. You never know. All right. There, now I'm feeling a lot better. I'm telling you. There you go. All right. There you go. That's, that's great. Good, 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 good. Hey, I, uh, you know, we're in our series, uh, the Get Fit series, and this really wraps this one, our series up this week. And it's been really fun for me to do with you guys. I just have good interactions. We've done like the 15-minute challenge, and, and I'm hopeful that you're still doing that each morning, or that, you know, at least you're giving it a shot. And if, you're, if you forget, that's okay. Just jump back in there. And I love to hear that. Like if you're, if you're doing the 15-minute challenge and uh, you run across something in your time with God in the morning, I'd love to know that. You know, let me know how you're doing with that and what God's saying to you. That's, that's always good to, to hear that stuff. We started off, we launched with kind of our relationship with God, getting fit in relationship with God, and then we talked about getting fit in our relationships with other people and how important that is. And last week we talked about getting fit, just getting physically fit and how important our body is to God and how important it is for us to keep in, a, in a, uh, our body in a healthy way so that we can serve God and, and be a blessing to people around us. And today we talk about uh, getting financially fit and what, that, what that's about and how we can honor God with our resources. But before we launch into there, I just wanted to share kind of a short story with you. For most of you that know that like my family still lives in Sacramento area and, and I'm here and I love being here and I probably don't say that enough, but I'm really enjoying being at the church here. And I've enjoyed meeting so many of you guys and, and I'm having a great time. So thanks for having me be. But I was talking to my wife and I talked to Jean every day. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, she said to me, um, she works for Eddie Bauer, a clothing store in a mall in Sacramento area in Roseville. And um, one, of the, one of the jobs, if you're an employee there, is like at the end of the day, you have to pick up like all of the, the boxes and junk and everything that's been, you know, accumulated during the day, and they get product every, almost every day. So there's always boxes that have to be broken down, and then you have to find your way around kind of the outskirts of the mall and through the, sometimes the bowels of the mall, and you get to the back, and there's kind of a back area, and they have these, you know, big dumpsters where you can put the, the garbage in or you can put the boxes in, and it's where you can throw everything away. And Jean was doing that a couple of weeks ago, and she knew she had to make a couple of trips, and she, she was picking up all the cardboard boxes that were broken down, and she got them and made her way down the hallways into the back uh, area where all of the, the containers were, and when she got there, there was a young woman from the Disney store, and she was throwing stuff away, and they talked for just a minute, and then Jean threw all of her stuff in the, in the dumpster, and then came back and got the second batch, and picked the second batch, the last batch of all of those broken down cardboard boxes, and 
made her way all the way back to the back and was throwing them into one of the cardboard dumpsters when she heard Buzz Lightyear talking to her. Okay, you with me? Buzz Lightyear, you with me? So like the Disney person had thrown a bunch of broken toys and a bunch of stuff away, and Buzz was coming out of one of those and talking to her, kind of a funny little experience that she was relating. I think sometimes we can feel a little bit like that Buzz Lightyear doll. We, we might feel like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of overwhelmed with stuff. I've got a bunch of stuff that's just weighing me down. I might be in some kind of a dumpster in my life and feeling that way. Does God even hear me? Is God even concerned with who I am? And you know, I want to tell you today that God does. God is the one that removes those obstacles that are barriers between us and him. So if you've come today and you feel a little bit like that Buzz Lightyear doll that doesn't know, feels like, is God even aware of what's going on in my life? God's for you. God understands exactly what you carried in with you today. And so I want to just take a moment to pray for us as we launch in today. So Let's do that. God, we, we come here with all kinds of issues and obstacles and barriers and heavy feelings, and you know those things. And we can feel overwhelmed by them and weighed down by them. They can almost feel like those cardboard boxes just stacked on top of us, and we can't get to you. And I don't know what all those things are, but we all have them. And so today as we begin, God, would you be the God of freedom today? Would you be the lifter of those burdens today? God, would you remove those pieces like those cardboard weights? Would you just remove the weights we've brought in today? And would you just help us to know that you're so for us? So God, you be the the one that brings freedom and release. You be the one that lifts off weight. You be the one that brings hope and provides peace in our heart today. God, would you just allow us to take a fresh, deep breath today? God, we pray that uh, as people have come into this place today, you'd meet us where we're at, that we would know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you care about us. So God, today we pray, speak to us today, God, in fresh ways that we would hear your voice and none other. We pray that, Jesus, in your name, amen. Well, sometimes when we talk about finances, especially around church, even around anybody, but especially around church, that can be a bit unnerving. We can feel a bit weird about that, and I don't want you to feel too too strange about that whole thing. So I thought, well, what would maybe be something we could do to help relieve some of that for you? And I thought, well, why don't you just take your wallet out and hand it to the person next to you and let them hold it during the service? Anyway, just kidding. But, um, you know, sometimes we can feel kind of strange about talking about finances and resources in church, and I don't want you to feel that way at all. Because it really isn't about that. It's really about how we manage the resources that God is providing into our lives. And some of us may be doing really great at that, and others of us may be struggling a bit with that, and probably the majority of us are really challenged by how we handle our resources and finances. I read that George Gallup did a a poll uh, a a while back, and and it said that 64% of marriage conflicts from the poll that they took were, um, were their largest cause of those was related to finances in that marriage. Did another survey that Gallup did was in California, and 74% of those people that were in that poll 
were unsatisfied with how they were managing their money. 74%. Now, maybe we're a little bit better than California. I don't know. But that's a lot of people. So if you've come in here and you've felt like, wow, I think most people have their act together in relationship to finances, hey, join the club. Most of us don't. So that's really the truth. And even in the church, we know that, hey, for all of us, we need some help here. We need to get some handles on that. And that's what the talk's about today. How do we get some healthy habits, some healthy perspectives, some disciplines that will help move us forward in a, in a good way with God? And really, that's what we're about. That's what we're going to talk about today. Yet with so many things going on, how is it that after time, no matter how old we are, we still seem to mess up how we handle finances? And how we deal with that. Um, we do that all the time. Sometimes we say things like, if I just had a little bit more money, then I'd be happy. I'd be out of this problem. Do you remember that there was that recent uh, lotto that was like out of Mississippi for all of the United States, and it grew to $1.6 billion? Wow. What would that be like? $1.6 billion. Man, we just think if I just had a little bit more. Jesus has some great things to say about how we handle our resources. Being perhaps the smartest person that ever walked the face of the earth, Jesus has some great things to say about how we handle wealth and material things in our lives. It says this in Matthew 6, coming out of probably the greatest sermon that Jesus preached, the Sermon on the Mount. It says this, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. Now, what is it that Jesus is saying here? Is he saying that we're all supposed to take a vow of poverty? I don't think so. I don't think that's what he means at all. No. He says that when we store up treasures for ourselves on earth, we need to recognize that when that becomes our focus, it's not lasting. Those kinds of treasures don't last. They get corrupted. They fall apart. They don't work out so well, but there are treasures that do last. Wow. They don't last. Well, we are still very much lured into that treasure trap, aren't we, of thinking money will solve many of our problems. Let me give you three things. These really aren't on your outline. I haven't quite got there if you're taking notes, but these three things I think are, are things that we hope that money will do for us. Here they are. The first one is security. I think a lot of us have this false sense of security that money will bring us if we just had more of it. Jesus says, don't rely on your stuff. Why is that? Because he says, that stuff will fall apart, it will fade, it will get destroyed, it will be stolen. It is short term, it does not last. It will not last. If you put your money as your sole source of security, you are not a wise person. Wow. A second is this, satisfaction. We think that money is, and wealth is going to bring us a sense of satisfaction in our lives. And that now we'll be able to buy the stuff that will make us happy. But once again, stuff does not make us happy. It might for a short time, but it is not what brings us ultimate satisfaction in living. It's only temporary. Some years ago, I went to the chiropractor. I'd done something to my back, and it really was not doing well. It was my lower back laid out on the table. The chiropractor looked at me. It's a friend of mine. He's working on my back, helping me. And after a bit, he said, 
do you carry your wallet in your back pocket? And I said, yeah. He said, well, which side? I said, well, it's on my right side. He said, well, that's part of the problem. You're kind of uneven. So I took the dollar bill out of my wallet and put it on my left side. All good. Haven't had any problems since. Sometimes, though, satisfaction, again, is short-lived, isn't it? It's not that. Here's a third one, significance. A lot of people think that if they had more money, they'd be more significant. People would see them in a different way. People would see them as smarter or whatever. They had more. But would they really gain those kinds of friends that saw them as significant? Would they, be really, would they ever really understand or know if those people just wanted to be around them for their money or for who they were? A false sense of significance. So Jesus is saying, so Jesus is not saying that money is wrong or that it's sinful. There were a lot of people in Scripture who were incredibly wealthy. Abraham was wealthy. Solomon was wealthy beyond imagining the kind of wealth that he had. And Jesus recognized those things. He also recognized that money can become a trap for us when we lean heavily on it. Storing up treasure is not, on earth is not what Jesus had in mind. The second half of that verse says, so store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, then there your heart will be also. There is a place for treasure, and it's where our heart is. So if treasure is okay for us to have, how do we handle it? How do we handle it? And how do we handle it in such a way that it honors God? Are you with me? Because here we go. The Bible, fortunately, gives us some incredible advice. As I said, the wealthiest man that ever lived, Solomon, wrote a book in the Bible called Proverbs, and in it he laid out some of the wisdom that God gave him in terms of handling resources. He was, he was not only wealthy, but he was incredibly wise. And we want to listen to that. Next to Jesus, he was probably the wisest man that walked the earth. So both Solomon and Jesus give us some great insights about how we handle our resources and financial management. So if you're following along in your notes, here's the first one. The first of five principles I want to give you, healthy principles, healthy habits for handling resources. Here's the first one. Keep good records. Keep good records. You need to know where your money comes from and where it goes. You need to know where your money comes from and where it goes. The Bible calls this the principle of accounting. Proverbs 27, 23, and 24, it says this about keeping good records. Be sure you know the condition of your flocks. Give careful attention to your herds, for riches do not endure forever, and a crown is not secure for all generations. Now, obviously, when Solomon wrote this thousands of years ago, People's assets were tied up into sheep and goats, into herds and flocks, or both. And he says, I want you to know the condition of your flocks. Today, Solomon would say, I want you to know the condition of your stocks, your assets. What do you have? That's what he would say. That's good accounting. Keep good accounting of your resources, what you have. That's the starting point. 
We need to know where our money comes from and where our money is going. Now, the Bible teaches that there are kind of four questions to ask ourselves in order to keep good records, and here they are. They're not in your notes, but here they are. What do I own in this area of accounting? What do I own? How much is in the bank? How much stuff do I have? What do I own? A second is, what do I owe? What do I owe? Some of you just wrote down a lot, a lot. That's okay. That's why we're here. A third is, what do I earn? And some of you wrote down, not enough. That's all right. But it's not about how much you make, but it's about how we manage what we make. It's how we manage what we make. And the fourth one is, where does it all go? Or how am I spending my money? So the first step to financial freedom is to write down and keep a log, keep good records. That's the first one. The Bible says to know the state of your finances, know the state of your flocks, know what you have. Here's the second principle on the outline. The second principle is this, plan your spending. This is the principle of budgeting. This may seem like 101 to some of you, but it's always a healthy refresher. And it may seem like new knowledge for some of you. That's great. It's a good place to reorient your thinking. But here the second principle is plan your spending, the principle of budgeting. A budget is telling your money where you want it to go rather than wondering where it did go, right? It's helping you to plan where your money's going to go rather than wondering where it went. All of us need help, and all of us need a budget. If you don't have a budget, you're headed for some financial stress and disaster. You need to have a budget. If you need to have help in forming a budget, I'd be happy to talk about that with you, but that is huge. And there are some wise people here that can help you with some steps on planning a budget. Plan carefully, it says in Proverbs 21.5. Plan carefully, and you will have enough. If you act too quickly, you will never have enough. Now, what's that, what's that verse saying? Well, one of the things it's saying is that our financial freedom is not determined by how much we make. That's the biggest myth in society, if I just had more. But it's really talking about how we handle what we have and understanding how much we have. You will not... Even if you're making more, probably handle it properly if you haven't learned to do it with what you have right now. That's a principle. Just to add more to it doesn't necessarily make you wiser in the way you handle it. And that's a very important thing. It reminds me of the surveys that are done with people who like win the lottery and how the majority of them, their life is actually worse off later because they didn't have the wisdom to know how to handle it and the resources of people to help them, and so they were abused by people, and they abused the money that was given to them in that way. We need to know how to handle what we have. Proverbs 21.20, in the house of the wise are stores of choice food and oil, but a foolish man devours all he has. Stupid people spend their money as fast as they get it. Obviously a modern translation, but pretty wise. It's saying that people that just get money and spend it right away are not wise as those who plan and have a budget, have a thought of how they're going to handle their financial resources. 
Did you know that out-of-control spending is just like any other addiction? Out-of-control spending is just like any other addiction. Once it grabs a hold of you, it's really hard to deal with. Once you get in debt, it is really difficult to get out of debt. It's hard to take steps of health once that's grabbed you. You know, we have done here a few times, we have had um, Financial Peace University, which is a way to help us get control of our spending and how we deal with our debt. And so I've asked a couple of friends here if they would come and join me. So I'm going to ask Hector and Lily to come up and join me at this time. And Hector and Lily are a part of our church. Let's welcome them up here this morning, okay? All right. All right. Well, thanks for coming up, you guys. I didn't just grab them at random. I actually talked to them beforehand to do this, so you don't have to worry out there that you're next. But anyway, but we talked about um, we talked a little bit about uh, Financial Peace University, and uh, what I wanted you guys to just share a little bit about because they've been involved in that. They've gone through it. They've, uh, I think, helped to lead it and facilitate it as well. And that's one of the things we're talking about doing here is uh, also offering FPU pretty soon. But um, maybe from you guys, what were, uh, was there a point for you where you recognized, you know, we're, we're in some issues here with our finances. We, we got to do something. Something's maybe upside down. Maybe share a little bit about that. Uh, yes. Um, so we had, uh, we, we did come to a point like that where um, we, we did feel like we did need to make some, uh, some changes. And it really, what, what led to it was, um, you know, we were, we were accruing credit to card debt. Um, we had huge uh, student loan debt. And at this point in, in our lives, um, you know, the market was bad with, with the housing market. And so we were upside down in our, in our home. So there was nothing we could do there. Um, so we just kind of came to a point where, all right, all right we need, definitely need to be cha- make a change because what we're doing is, is not working. So we need to do something, something differently. So that's, that's when we decided to uh, go to FPU and uh, um, start the process of making that change. Good. So how did you kind of get connected to FPU, and then, like, what is that? Well, we already had friends that uh, took the class before us and encouraged and um, supported us and suggesting that we should go and try our hand in taking FPU. And at that time that when we took it, um, hoped and offer it. But the cool thing about Financial Peace is that if you go onto their website, you can actually just search for any class that's offered out there in the area. So we were able to go down to a church down the street to go ahead and take one. Awesome, awesome. And, and through that, FPU, like you made some changes. What were maybe some things that you changed that helped you kind of reorient? Well, well, first I want to start by saying, um, when, initially when we, when we did the FPU, um, you know, I, w- I wasn't completely sold on it um, wholeheartedly, but uh, the other half was like, yeah, let's do it, let's do it. So I was like, you know, the typical guy, I don't, I don't need any help with anything, you know. So I just wanted to, to put that in there because um, yeah, even if you think that you don't need it, you know, sometimes you do. So uh, what was that? Uh, how did you, uh, you made changes? Oh, okay. So to get back to the question, how, what kind of changes uh, that we made, um, the biggest thing was uh, it does take discipline. It takes discipline and it takes consistency when, uh, when sticking to a budget. And um, when, when we first started, I thought that she was the one that was the, uh, 
I guess they, they call it the nerd or the, um, not the loser, but <laughs> the saver. <laughs> the saver. Uh, so, so I thought she was the nerd, and, um, and it turned out that I was the one that was the nerd, and um, I really enjoy the one, um, I enjoy saving and, and getting into the, to the budget, so I, I took over the finances, and um, I started a budget, put a spreadsheet together, and, um, you know, we just decided to stick to that consistently. And you know, in the first month, you're not gonna see these changes, um, but as, as time went on, we started saying, wow, okay, this, this paper, what, what we wrote on paper is actually starting to make sense. It's actually starting to work. Um, so being consistent um, and disciplined with your budget, sticking to it, knowing that every dollar has a name, and that that actually that dollar goes to where it's supposed to go to, and not to like buying a pizza or something. So. Okay, awesome, awesome. What would you say to somebody that's here that maybe is thinking about, well, I've got some challenges in their finances. What would you say to them about FPU and getting involved, and who's it for? Like, is it just for people that are really sinking, or FPU is for everybody? So I would say even for people who've already gone through the program, they offer it again. So once you enroll in FPU, you can, for the life of, you know, the lifetime of your life year, you can take it again and again and again and again. And it's not only for married couples, single people, um, anybody who needs help with budgeting and living within that. I have to say that Hector and I, we rarely, I would say rarely, rarely argue about yeah, almost never. Never argue about finances because everything has a category. So I have my own little category that I use if I want to have, you know, my allowance and I, if I have to, you know, if I want to go and buy something or anything, I live within those confines. And it's very reassuring and it's very um, freeing to know that I have only this amount and that's what I'm going to spend. And to live in that is very peaceful. It's, it's the way that it should be. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Hey, let's thank them, shall we? Way to go. Thanks, you guys. What we've been talking about um, uh, with several folks here that have done, uh, been a part of FPU in the past, and uh, we're going to put that together for us coming up in the future. So what I'd like you to do right now is if you would take out kind of the Connect card, if you've got one in front of you, sometimes we use that for uh, just letting us know that you're here if you're a guest or a visitor, but if you want to grab one of those right now, if you're interested in FPU, it's for anybody, maybe you, your finances are doing great, you just need a refresher. Um, that would be great just coming alongside. Maybe you go, well, we've got some stuff to tweak, or maybe you go, we really need some help. And FPU is a lot about helping to get out of debt. And so that's, that's what it is. It's about an eight or nine week course, and uh, we, wanna, we wanna offer it here, so we're working with a team of people to put it together. If you're interested in getting more information about that course that we're gonna do here, just write your name down, your email, and put FPU in big letters. And then when the offering comes by a little bit later, just drop that in the in the deal, and, and we'll get that. If you've got kids, we want to do, we want to make sure we've got childcare for folks. You can just put like, if you've got two kids, 2K. That just lets us know you've got two. And when I'm talking about kids, I don't mean people in college. I'm talking about like, you know, third grade on down or something. We want to provide childcare for folks so that they can be here. So if you'll do that, that would be great. Again, we're not, that doesn't mean you're signed up for the class. That just is helping us to know there's interest here, and we'd like to move forward to really help some folks in that way. Great stuff. So there you go. You'll hear more about that as we go. Well, if you're following along on your notes, I'm at number three, and it's this. Save 
for the future. The Bible tells us it's a mark of wisdom to save for the future. Proverbs 21.20 says the wise man saves for the future. Saving for the future. So how wise are we? I read that the average family in Japan saves 20%. The average family in Europe, 18%. The average family in America spends 1% more than they earn. Do we need some help with saving? Yeah. So if that's you and you're in debt and you've got, you know, that's what we're talking about today. How do we help work through that and how do we get back on track so that we actually are in a better place in dealing with our resources because that's God's design for us. Proverbs 13, 11 says, money that comes easily disappears quickly. But the one who gathers money little by little makes it grow. But the one who gathers money little by little makes it grow. I like that. I like that. Here's the fourth one. The fourth one is return 10% back to God. This is the principle of tithing. Tithing is giving the first 10% of what you make back to God. Look at what the Bible says in Micah 3.10. Bring to my storehouse a full tenth of what you earn. Test me in this, says the Lord. I will open the windows of heaven for you and pour out all the blessings you need. The first 10%. Why did God say that? I have no idea. God could have said the first 20%. 50%, 80%. He could have said the whole thing. He didn't say that. He said, bring the first 10%. What is God doing here? Well, he's trying to teach us some things about honoring God, isn't he? God wants us to honor him with our life. What does he want us to do with that? Well, obviously, God doesn't need our money. God doesn't need the lottery. He doesn't need your money. He doesn't. So what is he about right here? Well, I think there are three good reasons that go with tithing and giving back to God. First of all, I think it is an act of gratitude. It's saying, God, I, want, I just want to remind myself that everything I have comes from you. Everything. My job is a gift from you. My family, my resources, the blessings that are in my life, they're gifts from you. So first of all, I give because I give out of gratitude and generosity for who you are. God, I want to just remind myself, everything I have comes from you. Top first, 10%, I'm giving it to you. That means if I earn $100, $10 right off, boom, goes to God. I'm just saying in gratitude, thank you, God, it all came from you. It all came from you. Second, I think it's a statement of faith. Malachi says, test me. Bring to my storehouse and test me. God is saying, I dare you. I dare you to trust me with this area of your life, which is very challenging for most of us. I dare you to trust me, God says. Circle those words, test me. I dare you, says God, to test me in this area of life, to trust me with your faith that I will take care of you. If you tithe, if you give to God, it is a, it's an act of faith. It's an act of saying, you know what, God, I'm going to relax here, and I'm going to trust you to provide. First 10%, I'm going to trust you, God. I'm just going to do it. 
And that may be a huge change for some of us. That's the second. It's also an act uh, of priority in the present. It says that the purposes of God are to teach me to trust God. It's an act of priority. I prioritize God in my life. So there it is. It's an act of gratitude. It's a statement of faith. And it's an act of priority in my life. I'm prioritizing God in a very practical way. You want to prove that I exist, God says? Tithe and watch me prove who I am to you by providing for you. Wow. Amazing. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 says this, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing. Not the leftovers. Not the leftovers. You can put God right at the top is what that's saying. Put God at the top. Test me. Try me. Here's the fifth. Enjoy what you have. Enjoy what you have. This is the principle of contentment. That's the way you enjoy what you have no matter what you have. Sometimes we don't, sometimes what we don't have keeps us from enjoying what we do have. Sometimes what we don't have keeps us from enjoying what we do have. The principle of contentment. You may be always wanting more, more and more always wanting something else. And that's a principle that we violate over and over with God. The truth is that we make decisions that got us into problems because we didn't honor God. The Bible says in Hebrews 13:5, be content with what you have. Be content with what you have. Do these principles really work? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Do these principles work in your life and in mine? I believe they do. Oh, well, there you go. There it is. Lacking one thing here. My notes. Okay. So, for a lot of people, for a lot of people, they kind of have an order of how they handle their resources and finances. And oftentimes, for most people, I don't know if you'll be able to see this that well in the first service I did on the other side, and... uh, it didn't work out so good. Too much reflection. So I'm just writing it up here. But there's five, five things. Two, three, four, and five. I'll try to write them really big. But for most people, the way in which they handle their resources, their money, it begins with number one, they earn it. They earn it, okay? The second thing they do with their money is they enjoy it, right? They enjoy it. You see that? So they earn it, they enjoy it. The third thing is they repay it, which is bills and all that kind of good stuff. They repay it, debts, that kind of thing. The fourth is they save it, kind of down toward the bottom there, they save it. And then the fifth one is they give it. Sound or look kind of familiar? Most people's spending habits are that way. They earn it, they enjoy it, they repay it, they save it, and they give it. Let me show you another way that I think is the God-honoring way and a way that God blesses. Same categories, but just in a different configuration, right? So we earn it. 
the life that, that God is going to honor is a person who is working and whatever, but they're earning, so they're, they earn it. The second thing is they tithe it. They tithe it. They take it, the first thing after earning is they go, that 10%, whatever I'm committed to God, I give it. Very first check I write, boom, there it goes. I give it. Does God need your money? No. This talk isn't about what God needs or what the church needs. If you're getting that, you've missed the talk. It's not about that. It's about what God wants for you in terms of how you handle your resources because that has a major impact on how you live your life and how the kingdom is advanced through your life. So the third thing, the third thing is save it. I think God honors it when we save and we have a plan to save. And next is we repay it. Are you noticing a real difference here? And the last is enjoy it. Now here's the trick. You can't just decide to pick and choose with these. You have to do all five. And you and I know that when we do all five, we have to choose what strategy we're going to do those things in, right? It's not always easy, but a lot of us, most of us are probably somewhere in that category. This is the plan of attack that we've been using. How's that working? Probably not that good. I think the thing that God blesses and what I want you to get today is that this is a strategy that God blesses our lives when we get it in the right order. It's really important to get the order correct so that God can bless our life, that we can live in a healthy way financially, that we're on top of those things. God, as I said, does not need your money. But sometimes there are changes we need to make in the order of how we're doing things so that God can continue to bless and we'll be healthier in the process. Some of you say, I've never done this. I've never done that tithe 10% thing. A lot of us never done that. That just seems really difficult. Or I'm so close to the bone right now. There just aren't the resources. I couldn't do that. I could not survive. I get that. But maybe you need to maybe rethink that. Maybe you need to go, I'm going to give, I'm going to start off. I'm going to start 5% or 2%, but it's going to be the first thing I do. I'm going to trust God at that point, at that level of where you're at, if you say, I'm going to earn whatever I earn, and I'm going to set aside 5% or 2% or whatever it is, but that's the first thing I'm going to do. I'm going to write that check, whatever. But that's the first thing I'm going to honor God with my earning in some way. It's a step. And if all that you need to do today is take one step closer to a healthy financial situation, you're, you're heading in the right direction. I mean, I think there's, there for some people, that goal is to be at 10%. Some people, their goal is to be 15 or 20 or whatever, as God blesses them. But just take that first step in the process of how to connect with God with your resources. It's not about giving reluctantly or out of fear or feeling like you have to give or the church is after me. That's not it. That is not it at all. It's about what God wants to do in and through your life with your resources in this lifetime by getting kind of the order right here, by getting it right and honoring God and allowing God to walk you through and develop your faith. Hey, let's pray together. God, for, for many of us, this is new information. 
For some, it's not new information. Maybe it's been information we've avoided. For some of us, we're doing great in some of these areas, and we know that. But we just need to be reminded that we're on track with you. So God, today, would you help us just to be open to you and to get the order right so that when we get the order right, it affirms you in our life. For some of us, today is a big step. We kind of come face to face with our financial situation and we say, I'm out of whack. God, would you help us today to take the next step and say, I need some help. Or I need to put you first, God, because you're not. I've got you in other areas, but with my finances, I'm, I'm avoiding that. And today may be a breakthrough day for you, a day of real freedom, a day to lift off some of those burdens and worries and say, God, I'm going to take a step toward you today with my resources. So God, I pray that you just bless each and every person that's in this room and help them to trust you and to follow you. We pray that, Jesus, for your kingdom's sake. Amen.